Drop glasses, shake your asses, face screwed up like you're having hot flashes. Which one? Pick one. This one classic. Red from blonde, yeah, bitch, I'm drastic. Why this? Why that? For those on Patreon, do you see we have a new setup and new tables? <gasps> Look at us. And for those who are listening to the normal podcast, do you hear that there's no... God dang it, why did I say that? Okay, I'm just going to say it. There shouldn't be any buzzing in this episode. Oh. So we know that there's been a lot of buzzing, and we apologize for that, guys. Yeah, we were being wanting to talk about it. Oh, and about the 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 messed up ad that we accidentally... Oh, that's what it was that we were supposed <laughs> So, for the last, like, two weeks. <laughs> you guys got to hear what's really happening with the neighbors. It's so embarrassing. I I will say, when I added the ad to the list of, like, the little upload thingy, I was a little preoccupied. <laughs> and so then, like, I'm up at, like, midnight on a Saturday and I'm like I'm just gonna listen to the new episode and or was it midnight or it no was like, it was like an evening on it was like yeah, oh I called you. you were driving yeah that's right like I need you to take it down and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how to do this <laughs> I was like oh and then we my locked, god and then we forgot the password so we locked each ourselves out of the yeah. account and we couldn't so touch like, it I'm like, like we have to oh wait 24 god. hours and then we waited 24 hours and you thought you took it down I thought I took it, it down to stay but I didn't what I did I took it down from all of the ones that were already it was already posted to not the upcoming ones so oh is that what happened yeah okay so yeah uh who if you and it was right in the beginning I mean, it was like right did you listen to it yes it was the very beginning the like very right beginning. when you turned on the episode I was like because the first time I like played, shoot let me redo that <laughs> like very beginning I'm like oh our ad and I was like no that's no <laughs> so embarrassing so uh, and if you listen through it you gotta listen to three hours of mess or three minutes of full mess ups because that's all yeah you guys this like this doesn't just happen like right away we don't get it on the first try mm-hmm. there's a, amy does a lot of editing oh my and gosh. we do a lot of retakes not with our episodes though no we just take out stuff we'll take but with out the ads or, we do a lot of retakes or sometimes i'll be like let me redo that sentence yeah 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 Oh so sorry about gosh. that, guys. I hope you just I thought, went I hope for you 15 seconds. Yeah. Or you laughed. Or, you know, we're 15 just... seconds? You mean three minutes? <laughs> Maybe we lost a couple, couple listeners. They're like, they're like, what no. the heck am I listening to? These people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> we still don't know what we're doing. We admit that. Yeah. We're winging it. We're almost day. at a year now, and we still are struggling. Yeah. It's okay. We're it's on fine. the struggle list. We just now figured out sound. Wait. Again, why do I keep on saying Stop that? Stop talking about it. <sighs> Um, I have a neighborhood story for you. Oh, by the way, that's Amy. Oh, that's, this is our, yeah, that's Brie. And this is our neighborhood true crime, this is is. our paranormal true crime and neighborhood podcast. And um, we meet once a week to talk about all things spooky. And drama. And drama. Even sometimes includes our own neighbors. Uh, One, my neighbor that just moved, she was messaging me today. And she's like, I heard you guys have been struggling with some sound over in your neighborhood. And I was like, oh, shut up. Yep. I was like, yeah, we have. 
she's like, have you confronted them? And I was like, no. And I said that one time you did. My child threw a fit at them. You didn't tell me about that. The, the the fireworks that went off, they like there it was still light out, and like they set off like this giant loud firework, and Natalie started crying because she's afraid of loud noises now, and Charlotte started saying, "Darn fireworks! I'm going inside!" And she's yelling and yelling. I'm like, "Charlotte, get inside! Get inside! Charlotte, get inside! Get inside! Get inside. Stop it!" <laughs> I'm like, let me yell inside the house. Yeah, <laughs> that's good though. You know. Maybe that kind of it didn't, but no. it's fine. <clears throat> yeah, I I told that I told her about the one time that it was like past eleven or something. You're like, can you please? Oh yeah, when music? I messaged them, yeah, yeah, and I was like, no, <laughs> no, because we will just passive aggressively complain about it. Yeah, because we're too, too we're too scared. chicken butts. Yeah. All right. So this neighborhood story is a little different. <clears throat> My neighbor had just purchased a new high-powered BB gun. We had just finished shooting it in the backyard when he points the barrel at my face and pulls the trigger trigger several times. Oh, no. So I tell him to stop being dumb, and he just laughs and says, it's not loaded. Then the moron puts the barrel in his mouth and pop. He shoots a BB gun or BB right through his tongue into his uvula. (laughs) His his punching bag. His punching bag. His little dingly thing in the back of my throat. (sighs) Sorry. I'm just quoting (laughs) Nicki Minaj. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's (laughs) stupid. Stupid. I volunteered to get shot by a BB gun quite a few times by a guy that I had a crush on growing up. And how did that work out for you? I had a bruise on my butt. He shot my butt. That was it? Yeah. I was just a kid. My brother yelled at them, though. He's like, dude, that's my sister. You're going to get me in trouble. You're going to get me in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I was, uh, we weren't the brightest bunch of kids. Yeah. We were the jackass generation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Like what I I did there? Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry. You're like, okay, I don't need you to add more to it. I don't get it. Jackass generation. But I don't get it. Because the show Jackass, because we did stupid stuff. No, adding what you did there. Oh, I don't know. Oh. This is awkward. I brought smudge spray for this one, guys. So uh, the sage smoke, we can't do that anymore. No. Amy's husband is like as, sorry, let me do this. As many of you may know, Amy's husband cannot do with smoke. Yeah, he doesn't like, do well. A lot of people can't do with smoke. It's it's not good yeah. for you. But I can't either. Yeah, your asthma. Between Bree's asthma and Rick's uh, COVID lungs, it's it's we can't have smoke. So I found some smudge spray. It has, like, quartz crystals in it and uh, sage. And it smells a lot better, too. Oh. So, yeah. So you so. want to hear spooky story, spooky story now that we've no, gone really, way off the bus? I've really been just trying to put this off here. You know this one, too. You've asked me to. Do you want to guess what it is? No. You, you've asked me to do this. Well, okay. So I had a, a theory of what it would have been. But then you're like, I we have to, like, sage the room and stuff. And so I was like, there's no way it's not. I was thinking it was the Winchester house. No, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm saving that one. I'm very excited to do that one. Mm, let's see what the other one is. The oh. Dybbuk box. Do you do you know what the Dybbuk box is, or do you know of it? Is it the? Mm. It's a haunted box. 
It's a haunted Jewish box. I know of the box. Jewish. It's at what's his face? Haunted Jewish wine cabinet. Yes. Zach Bagans owns it. Now. So we're going to talk about the Dybbuk box in this episode. I'm not sick, you guys. But if I'm sick by the end of this episode, it's Bree's fault. I got sick while doing this for like a day. But now I feel better, so I don't know. I do not. I think condone, I think it was sinus drainage. I do not condone any of this. I'm being held against my will. Bree made me close the door. <laughs> I did make her close the door. <laughs> I am. If I blink twice, it's because I want to be saved. Saved. Okay. So if you saw me blink, save her. Save me. So it all starts in 2001. Uh, a, a guy named Kevin Manis. Uh, was what I like to call it yard sailing or garage sailing, looking for items for his furniture restoration business in Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon. <clears throat> while in a, well at an estate sale, uh, he came across an old wine cabinet. And the estate sale was uh, from an, a woman who had just passed. She was 103. And her granddaughter, who was running it, informed Kevin that her grandmother had survived a uh, concentration camp during the holocaust that's crazy i know and and she lived to 103 and she escaped that's amazing she went to spain what a badass i know it's really awesome uh while in spain she acquired this cabinet and it was one of only three one of uh one of the three only items she had actually brought back with her to the united states so it was pretty important to her right uh, he decided to get this cabinet along with some other items, and prior to leaving, the granddaughter approached him. Uh, she said, I see you got the Dybbuk box, referring to the wine cabinet. She told him that while growing up, her grandmother called it that and always kept the box in a sewing room out of reach, always shut, and never to be opened. I'm trying to picture how big this box is. So it's like a wine cooler box? It's like, it's smaller than this. It's, it's like almost it like a jewelry like... box. It's almost like a little bit larger than Alice's brown jewelry box. How does that hold wine? I don't know. That's what I wondered the whole time, too. Is That's like exactly holds, was my question. Holds like one bottle of wine? I don't think it's big enough to hold a bottle of wine. So I don't know why they would call it a wine cabinet. Like maybe it was for like wine glasses. Or maybe or it like, holds one bottle of maybe wine. Maybe it's just called a wine cabinet and it's for like cocktail stuff for like accessories. But I don't know. Okay. Interesting. Okay, sorry. It's good. It's it came across my mind too cuz I watched a, like a bunch of stuff on it and I'm like that that's like I ain't holding one of my bottles. <laughs> <laughs> um the grandmother even wanted to uh she she thought the box was so important that she wanted the box buried with her whenever she died. But the request went against Jewish burial ra- or rules so it couldn't be done. That's interesting. So he tried uh, he thought that like it was the lady was like pushing like all this stuff on him and he's like okay well maybe this is really important to her so <clears throat> he's like well do you want to open it with me as like you know as like a final goodbye and she's like no 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 no, i don't want to open it do not open it for any reason please honor my grandmother's wish because she never wanted to open <clears throat> right so she told him it contained a dybbuk in a coliseum i Man, I forgot to look up the pronunciation of that, but I think it's Coliseum. Coliseum. That sounds right. <clears throat> and um, now a dibic is a is the Jewish meaning for a malevolent wandering spirit. 
he didn't really think anything of this whenever he told her, although he was he was Jewish, too. Uh-huh. And he heard about Dybbuk's growing up, I guess. And, like, they were just more so, like, a scary folklore that, right. like, your parents would tell you as a kid. Like, oh, no, the Dybbuk's going to get you. Terrible. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he also offered for her to keep it and not even wanting a refund. And she's like, no, I don't want it. Take it. <laughs> I would be questioning it the whole time and be like, okay, you really wanted to get rid of this. <laughs> But that's me. Like, the guy, maybe maybe he wasn't very, like, spiritual, like, into, like, paranormal and didn't believe right. that kind of stuff. Maybe he's very skeptic. Yeah. So maybe he's just like, all right, she just doesn't want it anymore. I wouldn't want it. If, some- <clears throat> if someone was like, you should take this, I'd be like, no. No, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. You take it. <laughs> tell, that guy, tell that other guy over tell there to the buy guy. it. <laughs> so when he bought, brought this to the store, he took it to the basement where it was his workshop and he intended on refinishing it and making it a gift for his mother. Oh, I forgot the dog was in here. <laughs> she scare you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's okay, Amy. <laughs> I got freaked out during this one, too. It took me a whole week to do this story because I had to take my time on it. <clears throat> I apologize to my mother. Sorry, Candy. I just, I worry about her sometimes. It's okay. It's okay. <gasps> So, sorry <clears throat> huge side note i would say it's a happy ending but it's not really sorry um the other day i was talking to my mom on the phone and like we were having this <clears throat> full-on co- like a normal conversation and then all of a sudden i'm i can hear her but <clears throat> i don't know what happened on her end because all i heard was <gasps> like heavy breathing and she was out running and it's like uh, over 100 degrees out there right now and i'm like panicking i'm like hello hello like she can't hear me so i hang up or she hangs up or i no i hung up and called my dad and i'm like something's wrong she wasn't responding to me yelling at her saying hello she's heavy breathing heavily call her figure out what's going on and so then like 30 seconds goes by and he calls me back and he's like i have to go and i was like go where like what happened and he's like i have to go open up the garage door for her she's home (laughs) what like like, she just got a little winded like and hung up on you scared the crap out of you yeah like i don't know if like maybe my thing went on mute (laughs) or she put me on mute or we watch we we do so many true crime stories like we've done one of a girl in in the place where you lived of running yes so i was just like yeah it scared me and then of him i have to go i'm like oh my gosh you're kidding me you're kidding me (laughs) Y'all can't do that to me. You guys are getting too old. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm not. I can't be right there. <laughs> you guys will be together soon. Yeah. I'm sure. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. That would scare the heck out of me. It did. It scared me. I had called my sister and told on my dad. <laughs> I told on him. <laughs> I told on him. I, I was told like, your you. father. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. I like telling on my parents sometimes, too. Yeah. <laughs> not like they can do anything. <laughs> so... Um, he, once he got down into the workshop to kind of set it down and like start refinishing it, he'd opened it and whatnot. Um, he had opened up the shop for the day and left the box there to go run some errands and he left an employee in charge. Okay. So about a half an hour into his tax tasks, he got a call from the employee. 
She was r- upset, freaking out, and said that someone was in the shop breaking glass and swearing. Oh, my gosh. She also told him that the intruder had locked the security gates. So, like, there's, like, a – there's, like, an art – like, a – it's, like, a, in the downtown area, and it's got, like, a cement arch yeah. to go in. But on that, there's security gates that are iron, like, iron security right. gates yeah. to get in. Well, she said that someone had locked the security gates, so they had to be locked from the outside. And the emergency and the emergency exit, <clears throat> and she was locked in. I'm, so the person w- got in. Yes, she believed that someone was there and that Inside. she couldn't get out because the gates were locked, and uh, the door, the escape oh door, was gosh. locked or the emergency door. So as she, as he instructed her to call the police, his phone went dead. <gasps> of course, he rushed back to the shop. And she, like I said, she had said that the security gates were locked and he had found the employee inside on the floor crying. Oh, my gosh. He went into the basement and was hit by a smell of cat urine. Ew. And there had never been any animals there. That's such a distinct smell, too. Exactly, yeah. And the lights weren't working either. And through further investigation, he saw that all the bulbs and all the lights were, like, on the ground broken. And just everything was just shattered. Like, like someone like might have Like, in gone... their sockets. Like, someone broke the bulbs yeah. in their sockets. And along with, like, ten four-foot four fluorescent bulbs were all shattered on the floor. What the heck? So, whenever you go into the basement, there's no way that someone could escape could have escaped the building without him seeing them or them running by him because there was no way to like get in or get out in the area that he right. was in. So they had to have been down there still, but there was no one down there. What the heck? So he went to go talk to the employee, but she's like, I, in the documentary that I watched, she said, she said, uh, she said that she had said F you and just walked out and left. <clears throat> so, um, she never came back. And still refuses to go. And she worked there for, like, two years. Oh, no. But that's such a, like, awful way to go. It sucks. But, like, apparently he kind of just, like, brushed it off and assumed it was her. He's like, something happened. What was her problem? (laughs) Um, And didn't even press charges or anything. If you would think it was someone, I would have, like, further investigated it and be like, you need to fix all these light bulbs. I guess yeah. that's not really that big of a deal. It's if just it's, light bulbs. But if it he sounds like one of those guys, like, I'll deal with it on my own. Oh, well. Yeah. Um. So after about two weeks from purchasing the cabinet, Kevin began working or continued to work on refurbishing it for his mother as he had planned. He found that it had a unique mechanism causing one of the door or whenever he like he opened the door the one of the doors all the doors would open and a drawer would open so like all open it it looked really cool and inside inside of the cabinet because there's things inside the cabinet oh jeez there was one 1928 u.s wheat penny i love that uh one 1925 u.s wheat penny i don't know what why is a wheat penny i don't know what that means you know what that means wheat wheat penny Mm -mm. it's probably how it's made or something or it's not gluten free. <laughs> <laughs> one small lock of blonde hair. Oh, that's weird. One small lock of brown hair. That's even more weird. One small granite statue engraved with the Hebrew letters spelling out the word shalom. 
But I, I say that as a question because I feel like they said it said something else. No, it did say shalom. Yeah. Uh, one dried rosebud, one golden wine, like a, what's the proper word for it? Not a wine glass, but like what you get at mass for chalice, chalice maybe? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. And one black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. I love that. I figured you'd like that. Um, it reminds me of your wine glass. Yeah. Uh, finding that the cabinet was in good, uh, in as good shape as it was, he decided not to refinish it too much, and he just cleaned, cleaned it and rubbed some oil on it. Oh, okay. Um, he finished the work on the cabinet and presented it to his mother for her birthday while at the shop. So he left the mo- his mother with the cabinet. Went to go answer a phone call out of the room. And uh, he had gotten an employee came to him while he's on the phone. And he said, something's wrong with your mom. What? So he went back to his mom and he found that she was sitting in a chair next to the cabinet. And her face had no expression and tears coming down her face. She was unresponsive and not moving. In an interview, she had said that... uh, on the show Paranormal Witness, his mother explained that she had opened it and immediately felt a cold, pure evil coming out. <gasps> she had suffered a stroke. She had partial paralysis, temporarily losing the ability to speak and form words. After she opened it? Yeah. Um, she communicated by pointing letters, uh, pointing to letters of the alphabet, spelling out words. While doing so, she spelled out the words N-O-G-I-F-T. And the son was like... Oh, I no gift. And the son was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't give you your gift. You didn't get to take your gift home. And she's like, no, no, no. H-A-T-E-G-I-F-T. Hate gift. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's not really thinking anything of it because she can't really put anything else to it. And he's like, don't worry. I'll take it away. I'll get you something else. Yeah. So he then gave the cabinet to his sister who kept it for only a week because she complained of the doors not staying closed and kept um, coming open even though it had had no prior issues. Right. So he brought it home. He's like, all right, it's mine. And since he had brought it home, he had been having a reoccurring nightmare with of him walking with a friend. Like, it was always, like, a different person in his life, but it was always, like, someone close to him. Okay. And he would be walking with them, and he would look into their eyes, and then he would start to see, like – the person changing into something evil and then end up turning into like this hag woman with sunken eyes just staring back at him oh my gosh Bree! and then they would beat the living tar out of him oh and on multiple occasions he actually woke up with bruises and marks on his body from it oh my gosh yeah that would scare the crap out of me yeah um when he had his sister brother and sister-in-law stay the night i guess just like sleepover yeah um they complained (laughs) of they all complained of horrible nightmares that they had been having uh while talking about the details at the table um they had all actually had the same dream (gasps) very pretty much the same dream maybe different people maybe a different place but they all had the same of the woman beating them oh my gosh um why did this guy just throw the box away because he doesn't know if it's the box well, but then the one similarity in the dream was that the box was there. So That's creepy. So he then called his girlfriend to also ask if she had had this issue whenever she had had the box. And she had ended up recalling having it, having the same dream 
the night before she gave it back to him. Oh, no. So after this discovery, he had been seeing what he described. He had started seeing what he described as shadow shadow people, shadow things in his home. Uh-huh. And, like, his peripheral vision. And not only that, but visitors in his home also did the same thing. He decided to bring the wine cabinet out of his home and into a storage unit. Um, and one night while it was in there, he was woken up by a smoke alarm in the unit when it went off in the middle of the night. He went to investigate and found no smoke, but the smell of cat urine. And when he went oh back into his home, it also smelled there as well. <gasps> he decided to bring it back in home and start researching it. He fell asleep while doing so. And he had the same nightmare again. And he woke up around 4.30 a.m. because he had felt that someone was breathing on his neck. I have to sleep alone tonight, Bree. <laughs> You're right. You do. <laughs> Uh, you know what I you know what I, Josh read today? They said he said that uh, he read a post that said horror movies should have bloopers at the end, so that whenever <laughs> after you're done should. watching it, you can see that it's not it's all real. Not real. <laughs> oh, but this is real. Um. Uh. um so <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he was was woken up with the feeling of someone breathing on his neck. And the house smelled like jasmine flowers. And a large shadow was going down the hall away from him. Like, it's like, oh, you caught me. So it ran away. Oh, is what my I, gosh. That's my take on it. He was afraid to destroy it because he didn't know what he was dealing with. Which, smart. Throw so, it away. You're not get- destroying it at that point. I mean, ten makes, I don't know. I mean, what he did wasn't even much better. I put so, it, <laughs> give, give it to the volu- the free stuff at the dump. Oh, but he did so much so smarter. He decided to sell it on eBay. Because, Watch out. Because people were are willing. You son of a biscuit. Okay, um, sorry. So he did something much better. He decided to sell it on eBay. Because people are actually willing to buy stuff like this on yeah, eBay. Yeah, people are bananas. And he put the entire story on eBay telling them, like, you know, this is what you're getting yourself into. Um, he had said that he was not religious and did not wish to have to participate in any form of exorcisms or case studies. It would go as is, as in, like, all the stuff that's in it is going to come. Right. And that he wanted to speak with a winning bidder to make sure that they were a serious adult and to offer full details in person as well. And I I have a question real quick. Yeah. You said everything including it. So did he, when he gifted it to his grand or his mother, everything that was in it? I don't think it, so. I don't think he kept think them he, in there. Oh, okay. I, they didn't say that in the documentary, but I, I don't. I can't imagine that he would have kept them in there. I mean, those and are I pretty feel cool like, things, I feel though. like he did mention. I feel like he did mention it. Maybe he kept some of the stuff, but I definitely would have taken out the lock of hair. Yeah, that's Locks creepy. of hair. <laughs> but the <laughs> Maybe other the pennies. Stuff, the other things I mean, I mean, those cool. are pennies that are worth money now, so I don't know. I'm wondering if a wheat penny is, like... Uh, I think they're, like, limited. I think they're, like, not, like... That light just turned on. You got the remote over there? No. Do you? Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> butthead. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> okay, you're not supposed to mock it. Sorry. So, anyway, I totally mean, respect it. The wheat pennies, I feel like maybe they would be like a, a wheat exchange. Uh, currency. Hey Siri, what's a wheat penny? The Lincoln cent is a one cent coin that has been struck by the United States. 
That's not what I we asked. they're just rare. They were just how they were made. Something about. I'm pretty sure a wheat penny is like really oh, rare okay. and they're worth a lot of money. I was just thinking that maybe they're like a wheat exchange currency. Maybe. But for 1909, though, I guess, yeah, that's about right. I don't know. To the 20s. Sorry, go ahead. I keep interrupting you. You're fine. So um, he told everything in the listing, and uh, also in it, he would, he upped, what is it? A wheat penny now is worth $22. Yeah, they're worth like a ton of, ton more than what they're, I can't remember what's special about them. The way they were stamped? Maybe it's the way Um, they were stamped. Or maybe they were made with real silver. Uh, two, it had two stocks of wheat on the one side. Oh, so, instead of one? Or was there not was there so, only one? Uh, Is it like a whoopsie? I'm not sure. So one side has Lincoln's head on it, and the other side has two stocks of wheat on oh, each side. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's just an older. It's probably just an updated. Yeah, like an older, 1909. They're just rare, so. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, if you have one, $22. Yep, they're, that's, son of a bitch, 22000 more than what it's worth? I would think so. I don't know. Anyway, uh, don't, don't, don't judge me, because I don't, I don't know We math. don't do, we don't do math. We don't do currency. We have to look this stuff up all the time. Every time. Sorry, go ahead. <coughs> it was really bugging me. It's okay. It was, I was curious, too. That is still really cool. Yeah. I would keep that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. So he, in this post, he also put an update in there, I guess like a little after he had p- originally posted, saying that he had experienced more out of order, out of the ordinary things. He said on Friday the 13th, June, June <gasps> Friday the 13th, yeah, I know, um, he came home to his aquarium of 10 fish, no. and they were all dead. No. He's like, I don't know if this is coincidence, but <laughs> I'm going to mention this. <laughs> Just so Poor you know, it kills fishies. fish, too. <laughs> Don't bring it home if you have fish. Yeah. So someone did actually buy this. The next owner, um, in 2003, the auction was eventually won by a Missouri college student named Losef Nitsky. Okay, so in the documentary, his roommate was the one to speak, and he called him Sam. But on the... Everything that I read said Losif, and then on the um, on the actual because it shows like the actual ads on right. the Dybbuk Box website, and it shows his eBay like his actual name on eBay was Losif, not his username. His username was Spasmoludic. Spasmoludic. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, so I, I I'm wondering if he, he... they were trying to hide his identity. Uh, that could have been it. I, Sorry. Is he? A... <laughs> well, the other thing other I was going to say is if he's from a different country sometimes they have american names maybe here in america maybe maybe but anyway he bought it losef bought it for 104 we're gonna call him losef okay um he bought it for 140 dollars. he shared a house with six roommates and they decided to take turns sleeping with the box in each of their rooms that's weird real quick yeah. how much did he list it for on ebay do you know i think 140 and they, they just bid it until it hit that right Maybe I don't know. That's not how it works. I don't know. I don't There's know. like a starting point, and then they people just fight for how oh. much they're willing to pay. Yeah, I don't know. So, I didn't get that. Sorry, sorry. It's good. I'm missing a lot of information in my story. No, you're no, you're not. I'm just joking. Um, so they took turns sleeping with it, and they seemed to 
not respect the box too much oh no they actually had a party to like show it off and during it that's such a weird thing to do yeah i know um so during it they ghost party right they had decided to open it and show everybody like okay we're gonna open it finally the same thing says not to open it but we're gonna do it and so losef was sitting beside a girl and i guess to impress her he grabbed her hand and like put it inside the box and she was pissed and walked away. I'd be mad, too. Um, and he actually blogged about everything, too, throughout the entire experience. Um, so they had, they experienced sudden illnesses, injuries, and what had felt like a tidal wave of bad luck. Oh, no. I don't need that in my life right now. I know. Now. <laughs> right? <laughs> a few days in, the house was surrounded with bugs that he wanted to believe was related to the time of year but from what they talked about in the documentary they were everywhere on the inside of the house like in the sinks uh on in the bathrooms in the kitchen everywhere just like bugs that is disgusting i hate i hate bugs and there were a lot of them around the box strange odors also were common to smell like ammonia which is similar to cat pee, which would permeate the home and electronics would go on the fritz or even die um, or die or even break, including light bulbs. Oh my gosh. Then the box had started opening on its own when no one touched it. Finally, uh, Losef began to lose his hair. No. He lost like half of his hair. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, whenever, whenever I had read that he lost his hair and I'm like, okay, it's common to lose your hair, especially with like stress and you're a college student. But like, he said he lost about half of his hair. Like, you're in your early 20s, and you've lost that much hair. That's not normal. I have a friend that lost – he he was bald on top by his mid-20s. Oh, maybe. But maybe. that was super yeah. uncommon. He, he had always had, like, super thin hair. So. Yeah. It, I mean, it could it could, could have been hereditary, but yeah. it was just odd, and they were all getting sick all the time. And the doctor would say, like, you have a clean bill of health. You're fine. So, after eight months of this hill... Eight months? He listed it back on eBay, stating the truth about the box and his reasons why they didn't want it any longer. I can understand that. So, the box was then purchased by a Jason Haxton. He was a director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine. And he was, like, super smart, very scientific way of thinking. Just, just a very smart guy. Yeah. Um, he had been informed of the box through students and cause he had like a lot of student interns, I guess. Uh-huh. And he was hesitant to purchase it. Cause he's like, why would I get this? Like, yeah. why would I, why would I buy this? Sounds miserable. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess he had this magician friend who was like, Hey, this would make for like the perfect illusionist show. So what? if no. something happens to be wrong with it, I'll take it off your hands. Well, something was up with it, and Obviously. the guy ran, and he didn't take it off of his hands. Oh, no. <laughs> He's like, sucker. <laughs> Your house is haunted now. <laughs> so the day he got the box, he decided to keep it at work, and not only did the electronics go crazy, like losing important files on computers, oh my gosh. Uh, light bulbs bursting, and employees and himself started feeling ill. So he suspected the box was coated was coated with some kind of cyanide. Smart, like okay. that's a pretty smart way of that's thinking. A he said there's a lot of crazy yeah. people out there. You never know. So he tested the top of the box, checked what was on there, and there was just like an oil based residue. 
And also, he said what, that they were like. But the oil base was the first guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, which was normal. Yeah. Which he he f- found out that that was like a normal refurbishing product for oh, furniture. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Sorry. Also, he saw that there was like what looked like to be past drippings of candle wax on it, which made him think that maybe it was used in some kind of ritual. <laughs> so he decided with all these problems happening at work, he decided that he needed to take it home and put everybody out of their misery and, you know, not make them suffer. So make his home suffer. Yeah. This is, Poor guy. That's just moving one You guys problem. don't want to take turns with me being sick. <laughs> I don't uh, understand. I have to sleep with this thing. I really don't understand people's logic with, I don't either. with things like this. So the day he brought it home, um, a storm formed within the block of his house. And he he admitted that that day they were actually, like, him and his family were, like, joking and mocking the box. Oh, no. And a large 100-year-old tree snapped and fell on his home. No. That poor like, tree. This poor tree. Poor home. The thank God the family's okay. Yeah, I guess, but they're the ones that <laughs> they made. That been they su- made the tree fall on. I it. bet that tree was so pretty. I'm sure it was. It's Missouri, I think. So. Missouri. 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 We don't finish the word Missouri if we're from Missouri. Missouri. We can move into Missouri. No. I mean mi- Missouri. No. Sorry, guys, if you live in Missouri, but I don't want to live there. Sounds misery. Misery. Miserable. That's what I always call it whenever Josh talks about it. Yeah, uh, we talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they don't make fun of it anymore, as I'm sure you may have guessed. Yeah. And in pictures that were taken of the fallen tree, there were a bunch of orbs in the photo. <gasps> Another instance that had happened while watching TV with his son, he had seen a dark mass standing behind. His son was like, what is that? And there was like this dark, like smoky mass like moving behind his son no which is like freaked him out yeah um he also began having nightmares ones like kevin manis did the first guy um continued to see dark masses and shadows and of course the smell of cat urine and jasmine that is so interesting yeah he too began to experience health issues like hives vision issues like going blind oh my gosh and even coughing up blood and choking no he had it the longest um there were also bugs like scorpion centipedes that formed on the wall in missouri yeah uh, on i don't know if that's common there but like doesn't sound like it would be he had it in a room and then like on the opposite of the wall of the room there were all these scorpion centipedes like he has pictures of it like just formed on the wall and they're poisonous too and it was during winter that Um, doesn't sound right then Whenever, at some point, he had put it uh, at a rental property that he was at because he suspected that the box was causing all these issues. Okay. So, he put it in the basement of a rental property that he had had. And while it was there, uh, these spiders, all these spider webs had formed above it. Above it. And then they were killed, like, with this white mold that, like, basically, like, froze, like, it engulfed all the spiders and it was like this turned all the spiders white and all the webs were like white. It looks really weird. That is crazy. Really freaky. And I feel like he would be able to like debunk that yeah. since he was really smart and very scientific. But yeah. he was just like, that's very unusual. Um, so he decided to do some digging on the box and got into contact with paranormal experts, scientists, Wiccans, and even a rabbi. He learned that he needed to contain the box in a container with uh, then line it with gold to neutralize the spirit 
That's very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> 24 karat gold, baby. Uh, he secured it in an son of a biscuit. Asadia, Axia, wood arc lined uh, with 24 karat gold. An arc lined with 24 karat gold. Then added more to it later. And he had put that box into a military grade container. Which eventually kept, um, I guess he kept it buried in an undisclosed location. Oh my gosh. So this helped quite a bit. No more smells and illnesses and everything calmed down. He was actually working on a book for for this and of all of his, his, and all of his experiences and what he wanted to get to the origins of the box. He got into contact with the previous owners, including Losef and Kevin. He was then somehow put into contact with the original owner's cousin, Sophie. Oh. So it was the great, it was the grandmother's cousin. So this lady was probably in her 90s. Yeah. um, Or hundreds, I don't know. But uh, she had told him, told Kevin about this stuff, and Kevin had relayed it back to uh, that other guy. Right. Jason. Yes. Um, But the the estate sale it was the daughter that was yeah the to, granddaughter okay. yes okay, the granddaughter yes. gotcha yep. okay and her great aunt yes great aunt okay so i guess her which of that aunt, could have been the cousin yeah 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 no great ish, second no. cousin i don't i don't know no that doesn't matter know. it doesn't so uh the grandmother's cousin had ended up being there who was still living okay and she had she had told this guy kevin that the grandmother's name was havela and Sophie informed him that Havela got this box while in Spain, and she used it to capture an evil spirit. Oh. And they then created a Ouija board, because I guess in, like, that time, like I've talked about yeah. before, Ouija boards were, like, pretty common, not a big deal to, like, contact spirits right. and play around. They but have, you had to make it. Yeah, they, and they had, like, a one made out of cloth with, oh, like, that was cool. embroidered. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, they wanted to try and summon a good spirit to stop the Holocaust. Oh, bless them. I love that. <laughs> but it wasn't actually a good spirit. It yeah. actually ended up being a bad spirit. And uh, they believed that it was the reason for all the evil that happened in the 20th century. Like major wars. Oh, no. And disasters. The guilt that they must have carried. Yeah. Well, oh. in order to trap the evil spirit, she had eventually put them put the spirit into 10 different dibbit boxes oh and separated them sent them to all different places all around the world uh side note we know of eight dibbit boxes but two we don't know of yet we don't know where they are brie <laughs> i know you can buy them online so what? jason learned that the box was essentially used as an altar for a jewish spiritual and ritual Jewish spiritual witch ritual. Blah, blah, blah. I knew I was going to have a hard time saying that. And that goes for the items on the inside as well. Jason believed that the box was meant to stay with Havela and that it that's why it would continue to act out. But and that's l- why she asked for it yeah, to be Yeah, she wanted to be buried with it. Um, but as long as it remained contained with no one requesting anything from it, it will stay in a neutral state. Now, with his book coming out, Hollywood wanted a piece of the action. Sure. So they wanted to create a movie, and uh, to do so, they refused to use the actual Dybbuk box, of course. Obviously. So Jason sent off the real Dybbuk box to uh, the Amish, Uh who replicated it. 
And while in their oh, position, no. they too had some bad luck and bad issues. And they said, do not bring this back. <laughs> <laughs> Strange things happen during the making of the movie as well, like lights exploding. And the world, the big box isn't even there. Yeah. But like lights exploding and all the props of the film were apparently destroyed in a fire just after filming. What? And the movie was called The Possession and was released in 2012. Did so. I see that? I haven't seen, I don't know how I haven't seen it yet. I think I've seen bits and pieces of it, but apparently it's pretty good. Huh. And it's, it's Hollywood. It's yeah. similar to the story, but not at the same time. Right. So at some point, Jason gets tired of it, or I guess is just ready to part ways with it. Makes and sense. Zach Bagans acquires it. Zach Bagans. So he takes this box to his haunted museum in Las Vegas. And he actually has two Dybbuk boxes. Um, and shortly after its arrival, mysterious holes began to appear in the walls around the box since it had been there. And since it had been there, the staff and visitors were experiencing black shadows, fainting, feeling sick, and changes in emotion. Oh my gosh. And while Post Malone, apparently him and Zach Bagans are tight. Oh, yeah. He went there and, like, was investigating with Zach through the museum. And Zach went and touched it. And, like, he freaked out. Like, he just froze there. Zapped it, I thought. Yeah, he just couldn't, like, move. And he started, like, crying and, like, panicking. And then he could he, like, he was just frozen there. Yeah. And in the footage, you see Post Malone touch Zach. And then Zach, like, snaps out of it and walks out. So. I thought he, Post Malone touched it. No, he touched Zach who touched gotcha. the box. Um, so, and that was the first time Zach had ever touched it, too. He said he he described it as feeling a wave of darkness, emotion, and he broke down, just froze. Um, About a month after this happened, Post Malone went through some life-threatening strange things. His plane almost wrecked. His car was in an accident, and his house was broken into. Oh, my gosh. And he believed... Dude, I have a new respect for him, too. Like, he believes in, like, aliens and shit. He said he goes out in the middle of the night on his property and will, like, take, like, night vision goggles goggles, and, like, look for aliens. <laughs> what a weirdo. Like, he's probably <laughs> on the show that I was watching is on a talk show. I can't remember with who. But he was like, do you have neighbors? And he's like, no, but they're, he's like, there's a subdivision coming close to me. And they're going to think I'm really weird. In <laughs> <laughs> um, 2020, during quarantine uh ghost adventures had had some had had to do like special episodes where they did like episodes in the haunted museum and they like investigated all these relics and haunted artifacts um one of the episodes zach wanted to talk about opening the dybbuk box so prior to opening he discussed the dybbuk boxes with kevin manis the Uh first guy and he relayed a lot of the info that was previously mentioned uh, Zach asked him what would happen if he opened both of the Dybbuk boxes at the same time. That sounds like a bad idea. Kevin Manis said, you could die. So what's Zach do? Bet. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to do it. Well, he does not. <laughs> he does. Oh, no. He them both. He's fine. I mean, he's Zach Bagans. He doesn't die. He doesn't. I mean, clearly. That's bananas. I think he's pretty cool. It's fine. Don't do that, guys. But you know. yeah, if he 
if you happen to have two Dybbuk boxes, yeah. don't open them. You know, if you happen to have two Dybbuk boxes, please let us know about it, though, first. And also, we want to know. contact your authorities. <laughs> yeah, and send it to Zach Bagans so that he can properly, Deliver. not properly use it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I secretly, I think he's awesome, though. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so the night before opening, they, before opening the box, they had actually like taken the plexiglass that was around it. Like they didn't even have like the special enclosure around it. They just had a plexiglass over it. Yeah. So they took that off of it and used some equipment for the night, like an EMF reader, infrared cameras, thermal cameras, and like the emotions in the room like drastically changed. Zach ended up pushing someone out of the room. Oh. Like, they got, on one of the recordings, it had said, uh, shoot, shoot Bill, kill Bill, or something like that, and that was, that was, was it that guy that he was pushing out of the room, is one of the camera guys? Well, he, he goes to him, and he, like, shoves him out of the room, and he closes the door in his face. What? And he doesn't acknowledge that he did it, and everybody's like, dude, why did you just do that? And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you just pushed him out of the room, and he's like, I didn't even realize I did that. What? And, um, Poor he, guy. <laughs> I know he's like, why did you do that? Why are you so aggressive with me? He's like, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Um, on the footage from the first night, they also caught a thick mist coming out of the box. It was crazy. Like you're watching the box and all of a sudden you see like this big white mass coming out and so then like you can be- see eyes in it. This was before they, the night. Yes. The Cause they did the night before they tested like around it. They used equipment around it and they just didn't feel right about opening that night. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, we're going to open it tomorrow night. So, so it was like a two night event. So this was the mist was the night pre- prior. The, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Cause they had wanted to watch it overnight. Okay. So yeah, they had seen this like thick mist come out of it. And like when one of the free shots of it, with the like as like if you're looking at a photo of it you see eyes in it (gasps) and the night of the unveiling zach began by opening up the second box uh prior to the main one um he tested for any kind of static energy around it and it was clean and uh found and once he opened it the atmosphere of the room changed oh my gosh first of all they checked after they had opened it they had checked the static energy a second time and there it's going it went like haywire all around the box also uh zach saw black mass form behind it which is another spot where they found a lot of static yeah um at some point aaron one of the investigators passed out oh my god in front of zach and zach is just sitting in a chair just watching him because he's like out of it and he watches him pass out and he's just staring at him like he doesn't even realize that it happened which, like, like tells did, you, like, did that, like, did he actually just pass out and Zach is actually out of it? Like, holy yeah. cow. Um, like, when someone passes out, you kind of Yeah, you that. get up and you run to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, equipment picked up the words Kevin and evil. Oh. Uh, the, one of the investigator, investigators, investigators had heard a whisper saying, I'll fucking kill you. Oh. Oh. A child's voice was heard. Thermal cams read that the box went up six degrees. And stick figures were seen in and around the box. Stick figures? Yeah, like, uh, I say stick figures. I can't remember what the name of the camera is. But it's the camera where you can see, like, the paranormal anomalies. Where it's, like, a you could see, like, a person. And they usually, like, do something. But they could see one inside the box. Because he said, appear. And then it appears inside the box. Oh, my gosh. And then it moves behind it. 
um, emotional changes and violent, angry outbursts. Like Zach was like, like banging on stuff, like drumming and stuff, like being all weird. They're like, we've never seen you like this. Uh, oh unexplained noises and night anomal, uh, light anomalies. Oh my lord. Um, lastly, after this investigation, a few days after Billy, one of the investigators who had actually said that like, uh, something about like this box is gonna do something to me or something. Yeah. Um, his dog dies of a tragic death. Oh, coincidental not the dog. I know, I know, poor puppy. Sorry, guys. Uh, maybe it's coincidental. Coincidental, but he Zach felt the need to include it. Yeah. Um, I still wouldn't touch it. But if you want to see it, the Dybbuk box remains at the Zach Bagans Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. Uh, I believe it used there used to be a requirement that you had to sign a waiver prior to going in oh and going Lord. around the box but i don't think they have to anymore i'm not 100 percent sure though i, I didn't see on their have website the, that protection uh maybe box well, probably not some of the other ones have probably. that protection you can literally go on night investigations with them there i mm. want to go there so bad it's not that expensive i would gladly pay 20 dollars something 20 something ahead um uh, i would i would go yeah, I, I would definitely not do want a night to, investigation. I would go I would totally do a night investigation. So <laughs> as I said, there has been a book on this, um, and a movie and many sci fi episodes featuring it, which I got ton of my information from those episodes called Paranormal Witness. Yeah. Um, and the podcast uh Wow, I suck. Morbid sorry oh yeah yeah i got a lot of information from them but anyway that is the story on the dipic box guys sweet dreams thank you can you spray (laughs) (laughs) oh i got it bud you guys can hear it shake this is the quartz shake it sorry buddy shake it that just blew right over here i'm sorry that took so long no you're good uh something i forgot to do at the beginning of the podcast was I wanted to give another shout out. We talk about them a lot, but Red Photography. Oh, Jamie. Jamie. Uh, she did Alice's photos, her yearly photos, last night. And Alice was kind of in a mood. She was not, like, having it uh, last night. There was a lot of bugs, and she was super irritated with the bugs. And normally Alice is like... I get well, that. That's understandable. Yeah, and Alice normally will put up with anything, but last night it was just, like, getting to her. So uh, she was. I think she was also hungry, but wouldn't admit it. But uh, Jamie put up with her. Alice wasn't... Alice was great, but Jamie's, like, once again, blew the photo, her photo shoot, out of the water, and I'm excited to look to see how it comes out, which it's going to be fantastic. So shout out to Red Photography if you're local to Alaska. I definitely suggest you checking her out. And you can find her on our website, her her information on our website, which is whatswiththeneighbors.com for slash awesome. promotions. Yeah. And she's definitely like very, she's very personable. All right. So I'm going to tell you about Karen Taylor Presley brown presley yeah but it's p-r-e-s-s-l-e-y oh, okay. that's a cute middle name presley nope. that's one of her last names oh oh taylor's her middle that's name. a cute first name actually i've heard that as a first karen? name presley no presley oh presley yeah. my name's karen is that what you said yeah it's karen yeah. with a c 
Oh, okay. We like Karen. C-A-R-E-N. Maybe. We might not like Karen. Never mind, guys. <clears throat> Sorry. So, uh, Presley is like, I think my, one of my brother siblings have a friend named Presley. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Karen was born in 1961 in Columbus, Ohio. Her family was upper middle class. Her father was a federal judge. He, uh, she was super smart and very competitive. Uh, she was a straight-A student, blah, blah, blah. At a young age, she joined gymnastics and even earned a scholarship to the University of Ohio and competed her way through college Nice doing gymnastics. She even made it to the Olympic trials for gymnastics. She was, like, that good at it. But, unfortunately, she injured her back, ending her oh, gymnastics career. That sucks. That's depressing. Yeah. When she graduated college in 1983, she found an outlet for her drive and competitiveness in a career in sales. She would sell policies of for health insurance. I'm pretty sure everybody just saw his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> he put his butt like right in front of it. He's like, what the heck is this? So in 1986, the competitiveness got to the got the best of her and she fell into a depressive state she sought care and um was prescribed medication for it which Aww. good for her yeah that's so sad, though. it's it's hard to admit yeah if, that you have depression so i get that so she found happiness again in 1994 and married a man named harold presley uh they trans she transferred to the Virginia office for her work and moved to Warrington, Warrington, Virginia. And Karen loved this place. It was a small town. It had a dozen little antique shops. Virginia's pretty. Yeah, and she loved she loved antiquing. Yeah. So oh, I bet there was ton good one, ton of good ones yeah, there too. Yeah, dozen little shops that she just loved visiting. Um, so in late summer, in the late summer of 1987, Karen and Harold had actually separated. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, she was pretty bummed about it. So to get away from the stress, she went on a tubing trip with a group of friends. One of the members was, uh, one of the members of the trip was a man named Stephen Crosby. And Stephen's circle kind of, in like his circle his work circle and his social circle kind of crossed over with hers. And so they had like known of each other, but like never actually mu- like right. mutual interactions or whatever. Yeah. So, but on this trip, they headed off and they actually slept together. And Stephen considered it like a one night stand friends with benefits sort of thing. And Karen saw it more of like a relationship, like oh, a, sh- no. a short term relationship thing. But regardless, they ended up going different ways. When they split, Karen failed to let Stephen know that she was, in fact, pregnant. Oh, no. So as unexpected as this pregnancy was, it was something that Karen was overjoyed about. She had always wanted to be a mother and had actually had a few miscarriages in the past. So this was like... rainbow baby. This was a good rainbow baby for her. In 1998, she gave birth to the baby boy. And I will say, I could not find the name of this boy at all anywhere I looked. Maybe they just want to protect. Yeah, that's what it is. And that's fine. Yeah. Um. So, wh- 
I'll either refer to him as like son or boy. In 1998, she gave birth to the baby boy. To save her reputation and avoid conflict, she had actually told everyone that the the baby was actually her ex-husband's and she had planned on being a single mother and raise him on her own. And she could do so because she was financially stable. When was this? What time? 1998. Okay. Um, and where she lived was super small town. Like everyone knows everyone sort of thing. Um, she was financially stable and successful enough to give her son the life that he deserved. So That's in 2002, good. Karen and her son moved back to Warrington and she ended up opening up her own insurance uh, agency. Her son was four now and obvious, obviously saw other children in daycare with fathers and, you know, it's on TV. So he started asking who his dad was. And Karen felt remorse for never, like, including Stephen in the relationship. relationship. So she contacted a family lawyer that specialized in custody battles. And... Um, they advised her, you know, really think about this decision before you actually do it because once you contact him, can't take it back. You can't take it back. Right. So she actually uh, waited seven months before uh, reaching out to Stephen. It's a big decision. Yeah. Um, which at first, Stephen was pretty reluctant to agree to meet him. He was like, I don't know, like, I've moved on. I've, I'm married now. I'm not really sure this kid is even mine. Are you sure it's mine? Oh, my gosh. And Sorry, that makes me mad. <laughs> no, that's okay. You're going to have a lot of emotions, and there's going to be a lot of, like, I did not see that coming oh, okay. in the story. So uh, he's like, and I, and I get it. Like, it was supposed to be, like, a one-night or two-night stand, and, like, it's crawling out right. of your closet now, and you're like, what, what the heck? Yeah. So after um, after a paternity test, he agreed to meet his son and Karen. So they went out to a dinner uh, to a diner, and that was the start of Stephen and his son's relationship. Um, they started to really hit it off. He would have regular visits, which I'm gonna tell you that the regular visits weren't actually regular. It was every other weekend. So it, it wasn't like he was seeing him very often. Twice a month is how often he would see him. Okay, okay. Um, and But this really upset Karen. She realized that this relationship that her son was having with, with Stephen, like, she was, she was jealous. So she tried to minimize the contact with him. However, Stephen was like, no, you can't take away my son now that you, like, insisted on meeting him. Right. Meeting. And, and you kept him for me for four years already. So he's like, no, I, I don't like this. So Stephen filed for regular visits in May of 2003. And she obviously was upset about that. Um, the legal battle for custody and child support was taking over a year. And during that year, Karen <clears throat> really spiraled. She would self-medicate, drinking heavily, and doing drugs. Oh, no. I know. And I I get it. I understand that, like, I've never been in that situation, but it's I know other people. Yeah, it's hard. So I get that, but it really sucks that she resulted into drugs and alcohol. Especially if she's, like, used to it just being her. And yeah. 
Yeah. So something that uh, they tend to do in custody battles when neither party uh, can come to an agreement is actually bring in a advocate, another lawyer that is solely for the purpose of the child. Right. And um, basically a non-biased party to look at both cases and give their best professional opinion on what is best for the child. So this third-party person was given an allotted amount of time to come up with a plan and suggest what they think is best. However, while this was going on, Karen made an accusation that made the court raise their eyebrows. She claimed their son would start acting out of character when it was time to go see his dad. He would scream, cry, and not just seem happy to go over to his dad's house. So, bringing Karen to believe that maybe something sinister was happening over at the house during his visits with his dad. Ah, red flag. Yeah, which I get that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, during one of the visits, Karen claimed her son came back from home, came back home from his weekend with his dad's with a black eye. Um, he was seven at this point and he said he fell out of his bed, but Karen did not believe him. So I'm going to stop for a second and talk about talking with your child about something that might have happened to them. And how important it is to not lead Mm -hmm. the conversation. So, and I had to do this with Alice. And um, I had no idea what I was doing. But I, my number one thing was I did not want to put words or a thought into her head. So everything, I would ask questions. And this is what Karen should have done. You ask questions, but it's open-ended questions. It's not a yes or a no. Yeah. And you don't... Let them form their own answer. Let them form their own answers and don't lead. You don't say, like... Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, someone taking something from you, like a toy. Well, did they grab it from your hand? You don't say things like that. They What uh, happened? Like You... Yeah, you do not lead at all. Do not put any words into their mouth because especially at that age like yeah they can easily form an entire story off of what you said and so um going through this with alice i'm i mean this happened four years ago and i'm gonna kind of toot my own horn but i'm really proud of how i handled it because and i even recorded it one time or one of my conversations because i wanted to make sure that i wasn't leading right yeah and i and i listened back at it and I realized, no, I wasn't. And yeah. I even sent it to family members and stuff like that because I was like, I'm not, like, I cannot believe that she you can't came make up this with this up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyways, yeah. So don't, if you ever have to have a conversation like that with your child, do not lead them because, first off, it will they just become into a, anything. They can. And it will, one, come bite you in the butt later because that means that you might have put those words into your child's head yeah. but also you want to get the truth out yeah of them. exactly and that's most so, important yes so um take your children seriously too yes please listen to them so she took him to the family doctor and after the exam the son finally admitted that he had been punched and that's what i was talking about with leading is maybe she actually 
Right. That's a little. Said, like, did dad punch you? Yeah. So Karen calls the local police. Uh, Stephen was arrested in March of 2005 for hitting his child. However, he never, like, admitted to him hitting him. While Stephen was dealing with these criminal charges, their son started to, like, backpedal on his claim and saying, like, oh, maybe it was an accident. I don't know what happened. Going back and forth. And so it was, like, his story was not staying straight. And uh, it also would change depending on who he talked to. Um. So the advocate for the boy also believed that there were holes in the story, like I was mentioning. In fact, she believed that believed it so much that she actually suggested for full custody to go to Stephen, oh. even though he had these criminal charges right. up against him. The, and that advocate, her saying that, shocked the courtroom. Oh, I bet. It was like a week later, not even a week later from Stephen being arrested, and normally with pending criminal charges the court is uh more likely to want to wait for this any radical to make any radical decisions until the criminal charges have been completed right but essentially the advocate was claiming karen had falsely accused stephen for hitting his son and like i mentioned before um when you lead a child you can easily manipulate your child into saying what you want them to say so the advocate's heaviest statement was also how she believed Karen was obsessed over her son and the amount of control she wanted wanted over Stephen's visitation was unhealthy. Uh, She also brought to light Karen's drug and alcohol abuse. She would have the, you know, these parties at her house where people were using cocaine and drinking heavily around this child. And she's like, it's not a healthy environment. Yeah. Which is bananas because, like, she was such a highly... She went from, yeah, she went from such a, like, <laughs> like, like, perfect, not perfect, but, like... She owns her own insurance yeah, company. Successful, she was I should say. a pillar of the community yeah. and stuff like that. So... Sad. Yeah. So, two weeks... Oh, da-da-da. So, on May 25th, 2005, the judge awarded Stephen temporary full custody of his son. Two weeks later, the court dropped the abuse charges. He claimed the judge, he believes something did not, he believes something did happen, but it did not exceed their reasonable doubt threshold to press charges, claiming that it's very much, it very much could have been an accident. Right. So with that, Stephen received permanent full custody with supervised visits with their son. So Karen was told, but was told by everyone, like, just follow the rules, go with the visits, you know, say please and thank you, do what you're told to do to possibly get more custody in, you know, later on. Right. Um, that was hard for her obviously and she would contact steven often and he'd be like wait hold on we need to get a supervisor in here so that he they can listen in on the conversation that sort of stuff like he wanted to have someone monitor go by the book yeah go by the book monitor everything um and that just ticked her off more smart though yeah her friends said she was losing her soul 
There was an emptiness to her, and in 2007, she had exhausted all of her legal avenues to get her son back. As as a mother, like, I... You sympathize. I can't, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like, that, like, I... Thank God I love my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God we're close, but I could not even imagine... I know. ...going through that, and so sorry if you ever have to. That's just awful. Yeah. I can't even leave my kids for a night without breaking down. I, I know. I've been there. <laughs> you, I mean, you've been there with me. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, we tried to go to Anchorage for two flipping days, and I cried before before I left. <laughs> I can't leave my baby. It's fine. They're fine. I get it, and especially. But I want she, to. It it just sucks, and it's it doesn't sound like Stephen is doing anything to like manipulate the situation yeah no neither he was like yeah he's i not just in the wanted wrong. more time i wasn't asking for full custody i just wanted more time with my right. kid right so th- it just sucks it's like you sympathize with both yeah yeah so and can you imagine you're like i just met this kid like two days ago and now i have full custody of him yeah <laughs> um kind of reminds me of the movie the game plan we just watched that like like last night. That <laughs> was a such a cute movie. movie. I love that movie. I cried like through the whole thing. Oh anyway, my gosh! Sorry, <laughs> such a baby. I was like, oh my god, this is so beautiful. He's my daughter. Now he wants her and he loves her. And now her mom's dead, so he has to take her. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> sorry. That's basically, like spoiler was... alert. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, literally come on. just gave away the whole movie. <laughs> But he didn't. He was like, I yeah, do not her. want you. <laughs> so trying to make the best out of her situation, she went to, on a blind date with a 29-year-old, Wynn Brown. Uh, they got married six months later and moved to Richmond, Virginia. Although she was newly married, she actually stayed hyper-focused on getting her son back. She lost her house, her business. She would do her own research. Nothing was working to... To help get him back. Um, And when I say she lost her house and business, like, because she was paying all these legal fees, unfortunately. So, Karen at one point was diagnosed with PTSD and was told that she was emotionally and physically and emotionally, physically, and mentally exhausted. She founded an online community called Children Without a Voice that was a foundation to help educate parents in similar situations as hers to fight unfair court rulings which i think is kind of cool yeah um september of 29 september 29 2007 her last court appeal to change the ruling for custody failed and her case was permanently closed oh yeah uh karen felt because after this karen fell to her friend gail who had gone through a similar custody battle with her own child and ex for support. And Karen and Gail would talk often during one of their conversations. Gail was, you know, said something along the lines of like, (laughs) we should just hire a hitman and kill both of our exes. (laughs) We've all had that conversation, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, Gail was laughing it off, but Karen's like, tell me more. (laughs) Oh, okay. And Gail's like, hmm. I don't I like it's, it. Was it was a, a joke. joke. Yeah, and like, be careful you joke with people. Yeah. So the last, like, it this lasted like a couple weeks. Like, Karen would not drop the subject of like hiring a hitman, and Gail was getting worried. She's like, "This is like, 
drop it. Like, we all joke, right? We all have these jokes. We all laugh about it. And we're allowed to. Right. You're allowed to joke about it. But acting on it is something else. Yeah. And so and the Karen, fact that you keep on bringing it up is a little disturbing. Yeah, right? And Karen even at one point said, if if you or I'm going to go down to Mexico and hire a hitman with or without you. And Gail was like, okay, well, you know what? I know a guy. And she would set up a meeting for them. The agreement was she would pay him $2,000 as a deposit, and then $2,000 after the job was done. Jeez. I have to leave my hand here to prop up his head, because that's where he put it. <laughs> so, that's actually a pretty cheap hitman. Right? If you think about it. I was it. thinking, I was like, dang, $4,000 to kill someone. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cheap. So, on August 1st, 2008, Gail and Karen waited in Gail's backyard for the hitman to arrive. Maybe they were on sale. Sorry. It was... It was uh, Black Friday. Roll back. Roll back. <laughs> Walmart. <laughs> back to school special. Uh, Hitman, uh, aisle three. <laughs> <laughs> Blue light special. <laughs> um, Karen gave the Hitman all the information he would need. Maps to the house. Time frames of when her son would, wouldn't be there. Times when Stephen and his wife would be there. However... Stephen and his wife had two other children. No. One babies. was only a year old. <gasps> babies. She suggested to the hitman he should burn the house down after killing the parents, <gasps> knowing that the children would be trapped inside to get rid of all evidence. All right, Karen. I don't like you anymore. I know. I, I get you're sad, but you know what? We don't we don't kill people. You don't you don't put your sadness on you don't turn your sadness into killing. Yes. Especially Don't, children. Especially children. And the, the Unless thing it's is, like Chucky. Steve, but Stephen didn't do anything no. wrong. No. No. It sounded like he was going by the book and following the rules and he was doing what was best for his son. Yeah. Maybe he just fell in love with his son after like a day. Yeah. Or knowing the He's fact like, that he has a son. Yeah. Like this is my child. I'm going to love him unconditionally no matter you what. You brought him into my life. Yeah. You, that was your choice. You chose this. Karen. So... <clears throat> remember how I told you how Gail was like, you really shouldn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once she realized Smart that. Smart Gail. Yeah. So once, but then she was like, I know a guy. She's like, oh, uh, you shouldn't do that, but I have a guy. So. Well, once she realized that Karen was really going to go to Mexico to hire a hitman. She's like, oh, you're serious. <clears throat> yeah. She Dude. contacted the state police Good. and explained to them uh, how she truly believed that her friend wanted someone dead. So this hitman she knew of was actually an undercover cop. Nice. Yeah. I was I was just thinking that I, I I'd be like, all right, she wants a hitman. I'm gonna hire a cop. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm gonna tell a cop and like they can pretend like and catch her in the act. Yeah. Like she's not gonna stop. Exactly. She's, she's clearly got it in her head and she just wants to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah, so once Karen handed over the money to the undercover cop posing as a hitman, that was the final piece of evidence that they needed to arrest her. After the cops left the backyard, Karen and Gail went back inside. Gail, knowing that the police were on their way to arrest Karen, and Karen even said, how can you be so calm? And Gail, the, one of the shows that, the show that I watched about this uh, called Snap. Snap. Oh, that's a good show. Yeah. Uh, Gail... Gail was like, 
I couldn't say because I'm trying to prevent a yeah. crime. <laughs> That's how I'm calm because I know you're Because I know nothing's going to happen. I know no one's dying. You're getting, ja- you're going you're getting jailed. You're getting jailed. You're getting jailed. You've been jammed. You've been jailed. So Karen walked outside and the police arrested her on attempted murder charges. Gail went over to Karen's husband, Wynn's house, and told him what happened. And Bree, he wasn't surprised. It did not shock him that he she That's had. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said she was at the end of her rope. And oh, it made man. sense. That's sad. That is sad. Yeah. So Karen pled guilty to two counts of attempted capital murder, and she ended up serving 12 years in prison and 32 years of probation. And you know what that got her? More time away from her son. Well, that was the main point, was the judge actually, he sentenced her to a total of 40 years, but it ended up being like 30 or 28 suspension, which I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Meaning she only has to serve 12 years of it. Okay. And so she would be in jail until her son was 18 years old and custody was not an issue. So, she also wasn't allowed to have any contact with any of the victims in the case. So, in, so hard. Yeah. So, in 2010, Karen and Wynn divorced. In 2016, Karen was released from oh, jail. I forgot that she got married. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So, they divorced. Um, in 2016, Karen was released from jail. She got a job as a cashier at the local Goodwill. And... Even on the Goodwill website, it has, like, a whole thing about her, like, good good employees or something like that. And it, like, talks about her past and how... What? It doesn't talk about her going to jail. Oh, okay, okay, It okay. just it mentions how she, like, was a victim, not a victim, but she, like, experienced some hardship or something. Okay. And she lost her home. Because Goodwill and- does, Goodwill hires, like, people. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but it says, like, because of hardship, she lost her home, she lost her business, and... She used our program to come back right, and right. build a resume and this and that and that and that. She was an example. Yeah, she was a, a an example of a good employee right. and stuff like that and somebody that they helped. Um, so she became a cashier at the local Goodwill. And it looks like now she owns and operates a pet walking and sitting sitting service to Virginia called the Color Club of Virginia. That's it. Wow. She's just living out. She's out there living her life. I mean. I, I know. know. This is a hard Such one. Such a hard, like, you're right. I did go through a lot of emotions because, like, I can't even imagine. Ugh. I know. So I was reading a blog. And then having to be away from her son for, like, 18, until he was 18 years old. Well. So sad. He missed all of his life. I'm going to cry. So I was reading a blog about it about her. Not case. that I'm like rooting for her guys, but you it just it just people. makes me sad. Okay. Yeah. Um. There was a the blog that I was reading, like the comments of people talking. Like half of the people were like rooting for her, like she shouldn't have gotten this and and whatnot. But then the other half were like, no, like f her. Like she hired people. Yeah. Didn't even she care put, about these she children. put innocent people. 
all the people were innocent. Yeah. She put people in danger. <clears throat> yeah. On purpose. So, yeah. Especially the children. Yeah. And so it's it's one of those like you don't know how to feel. Yeah. It's so, like you, she she needs to be she definitely needs to be put away for her crimes. But at the same time, like, I do feel bad for her. Like, she does need to, like, def- she definitely needs to go to therapy. Like, she needs to talk with someone. Yeah. She needs to work out all of, like. That's so sad. It, it sounds like it stems from that jealousy. Uh, yeah. Sharing. But, yeah, like, I, I, I would understand that. Like. Yeah. Being a single mom, you're used to, like, it being only you and you and the baby yeah and for then, four like, years you have to share the baby and it's like then you have that ugh. guilt of like i've never told I'm you who your dad is yeah. so maybe i should do that and it's like wait a second what did i just do oh my god yep that was a rough one i know you didn't no one even died that was such a hard story and no one even died oh my gosh it's hard being a mom sometimes it is hard being a mom <laughs> it is so hard <laughs> yeah i know I know, bud. I know. Love my baby. Do you want to go home and cuddle them now? I do. I want to go, <laughs> go pull Natalie out of bed. I want to go love on her. I so love you so much. And then they're going to wake up and be like, go to sleep. Yeah, right? Just <laughs> screamed in everybody's ears. <laughs> go back to bed. Go back to bed. Why did I wake you up? Uh, So I have a a neighborhood story for you that I'm. I just remembered it is on TikTok. Oh, okay. Um, so, so it was of, and if I find it, guys, I'll post it in our Facebook group. Okay. So it was a young, young kid, you know, probably teenager, and he was playing Ding Dong Ditch, and his buddy, who was not in the ring camera vision, uh-huh. had told him to go ring the doorbell, and so he ran to go ring the doorbell, and as he does it the the man of the house or the dad or whatever walks out the door and he's like what are you doing he's like okay so don't get mad but so and so over there just told me to ding dong dish your house or i have to walk home (laughs) and the guy's like you're you're like oh my god this guy's gonna blow up at this kid he's like all right here's what we're gonna do he's like i'm going to yell at you and chase you out and act like i'm mad at you yeah and the kid's like really and he's like yeah he's like and so he's like he's like all right you're ready he's like yeah and he starts chasing him down the street and yelling at him like get out of my property <laughs> get out of my house it was like perfect because you think like everything's gonna go wrong yeah but everything goes right <laughs> like he's this guy's probably like oh yeah he's getting a ride home for sure <laughs> it was funny i i want to be that kind of person yeah yeah totally because i totally get ding dong dishing people's houses do you? Yeah. Because you would do it often? Yeah. We used to sneak into houses that realtors accidentally left open to that were empty. Oh, and would you pretend you own it? No, we just peed and pooped in their toilet. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> we were all like 12 and we're like, <laughs> we peed and pooped in their house. <laughs> in their toilet, not in their house, guys. We were stupid. That sounds so dumb. <laughs> We'd be like, oh, there's a noise in here. It must be haunted. <laughs> it probably wasn't (laughs) (laughs) we were real smart i love that so much do you have anything else you want to add no that was a perfect ending um this terrible terrible story it was a heavy episode it was a heavy episode um guys 
please listen. I don't know where I'm going. Uh, if you want to listen to us, you know where to find us. We're on Spotify, Apple, Apple, uh, Google, uh, iTunes. I love radio. I heart radio. I love radio. <laughs> I love I lamp. I love radio. Um, on Apple, you can rate and review us. I believe on Spotify, you can as well. You definitely can on Spotify. Um, so please do that. It helps us out big time. Um, we definitely need more reviews. Um, also, to follow us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twi- TikTok, Twitter, um, Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. And that's just at WWTN Podcast. We also have a Facebook group, which we're trying to get more people to get in on. Um, I believe when this comes out, it'll be like the last day on, the, on um, getting in on the group and getting in on a current challenge that we have going in on there. And you get free merch so we're just i'm just gonna leave it there and check out the shirts that we have yes. for sale. yes we have uh shirts that are just designated for the facebook group Shh, keep it quiet guys facebook exclusive yeah, we're, we're making special shirts for facebook group just for facebook so go in our facebook group and uh check those out also uh our website is what's with the neighbors.com and on there you can find a link to everything that she just mentioned along with a link to our uh patreon which is patreon.com forward slash wwtn podcast mm-hmm. and for three dollars a month what podcast. i was like is it what's with the neighbors or no it's wwtn uh for three dollars a month you could you can get our episode edited audio episode uh, a couple of days early along with exclusive content for five dollars a month you can get our video episode unedited and exclusive content and you get a magnet when you sign up yeah it's pretty cool and um if you want to slide into our dms Choo-choo. donor bus donor bus um we've been recording for a while yeah <laughs> we're tired and i'm pretty sure the sage is making us loopy yeah it does make you loopy i researched a lot of it really it does make you loopy yeah and oh. i feel like that's why i've been like really tired all of a sudden like that's i got probably. hit with like a wave of tiredness <laughs> um so Just chilling you, out over here feel free to slide into our dms with any questions comments or story suggestions once the, once a month we also like to do listener stories so um Please send in your neighborhood stories, send in your paranormal stories, your Sasquatch stories, your alien conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories. I love a good conspiracy theory. Yeah, we we have yet to hear heard of a uh, good conspiracy theory from anyone. So yeah, that would be fun. You have a good one. Send it to us. Maybe we haven't heard of it. Yeah, and uh, also true crime stories that they don't have to be murders. They can be like, did your uncle like embezzle like hundred thousand dollars from the irs the irs or his company mcdonald's you know (laughs) and murder also but it doesn't have to include like they're very broad topics guys yeah yeah we just want to hear about it and doesn't have to like be personally involved you don't have to be personally involved yeah we just want to hear it and we want to share it on our podcast so do that at wwtn podcast at gmail.com and have you checked in on the neighbors what's with the neighbors bring Bring amy Amy out what's with the neighbors i know we're dedicated so proud of us i know 50 wait no 48 48 episodes of high fives 48 episodes i think we well we we had some air high say hi to your skin babies
for us.